Hi everyone, I'm Jennifer, the host of Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai, where we're going to talk about the Japanese concept of Ikigai or living a life of purpose. Here you're going to hear inspirational stories from all different types of people who are finding their own life of purpose. You're going to hear about how they found their Ikigai and what they do every day to live an integrated life. So without further ado, let's dive right in. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai. I am your host, Jennifer Shinkai. And today with me, I have the most fabulous guest who um, this morning, actually, I was doing the show notes for an upcoming episode. And the guest of that too, it hasn't been released yet, so I'll keep it secret. But he was talking about, you know, you have to ask once, twice, three times, and then eventually you'll get an answer. And I have been chasing Jeannie uh, since we first met in November 2019, I keep saying, would you like to be on my podcast? And we're like, yes. And then, oh, hang on, we get busy and it doesn't happen. But this time we made it work. So it's absolutely amazing to have with us today the wonderful Jeannie Ganani, who is a globetrotting creative leader, marketing executive, who has led teams for Disney, Vice Media and Netflix. I'm sorry to say I just got rid of my uh, account, but you're with Disney mm-hmm. right now, right? I am with Disney right now. Yes. Well, I am a very heavy Disney Plus user. You'll be hopefully happy to know. I'm thrilled to hear it. Thrilled <laughs> to hear it. But not only do you have this creative marketing part to yourself, you're also an internationally televised drag queen who is part of the world's fiercest reality TV franchise, which some of you may have heard of, called RuPaul's Drag Race. I've got my my T-shirt on today. Oh, I yes. love that. This was a wonderful gift from my friend Catherine. And we've had several drag race viewing parties in the past. But what's interesting with Eugenie, and oh, I was really wanted to talk to you about today, is this idea of these two different parts of ourselves, right? You have this marketing, sort of very co- corporate, uh, creative leadership role. And then you have this performance side of yourself as a drag queen. So as you describe in your bio, you say like, eventually you realize that you're an entertainer. You create entertainment and you help brands to be more entertaining, to connect with their audience. So something about this story of bringing all these different parts of yourself into the world and how that can connect to the idea of Ikigai, right? Having a life worth living, um, a life with meaning and impact, whatever that means for you. I think it's going to be the topic of our conversation today. Uh, So I'd love to dive in and yeah, hear about like what it was like with these two lives, two selves for yourself. Yeah, thank you for having me. And I know it's been a while since we first (laughs) met and we've chatted, but it is, this is, this is the perfect time to talk after these years, because it took me so much time to work through my process. Even if we talked four years from now, there would still be more process, more changes, more evolution. So uh, but I feel like you've 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 we've we've found each other at a at a good point. So always happens like that. Yeah, yeah. and and maybe I don't maybe maybe myself maybe other people as well. Maybe we 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 might run away from these conversations at times when we don't know if we have the answers ourselves, right? So mm. I feel like I have answers now. I have something to tell you, which is great. Right. That's like that's a happy <laughs> feeling to be like I know you know I have a sense of feeling what my purpose is and why why I belong and why I'm doing what I'm doing. But yeah, my my two lives, uh, being a marketing executive, being a creative leader, you know, I've I've worked my way through agencies and and these brands that I've met that you've mentioned in my bio. Um, and that's my that's always been my day job is mm. the source of my income. That's what makes me stable. That's what the world will pay for. That's what, you know, that's what that's where my value comes from, or that's the way I've seen it in the past, right? And then drag and being an entertainer, that was its own journey of climbing up and finding success and finding new avenues to succeed, to to show my art, to improve my art form, to add new skills. And the funny thing is they would swap focus mm-hmm. in the past. They would, you know, one would be an area of focus and that would drive my life. I'd be obsessed with my day job. Uh, you think about it in the evenings, think about it on the weekends. I would just not stop going unhealthy in so many ways, Right. Thankfully, we're in the era where we talk about self-care and we talk about taking a break and we are revisiting our relationships with our corporate overlords, which is amazing. It's a healthy, good thing to do and find our place in this world, right? So I would be obsessed with my job 
And then there were periods where I was less dazzled by my job and I would focus on drag nonstop, you know, mm -hmm. to the point that when I, you know, I would, I would come into the office after a night out because a lot of it is you being out and you being in the scene and I would not be in great shape for work. <laughs> I know that's something that a lot of us deal with, yep. but at times it would affect my work and, and, you know, I would make sure it didn't affect it in too bad a way, but it would make it hard for me to focus on these mm -hmm. things for doing the day job. So one would take priority, then the other would take priority. And to the point that, you know, when I finally was cast on Drag Race Thailand, I had to take months off of work, unpaid leave to go film. So that was the ultimate break from work where it was, right. I literally am not, I'm on a break while right. I'm on a working visa at an agency in Singapore. I'm on a break from them while I'm in Thailand filming this TV show. So it's a, quite an up and down. And, you know, over the course of the, that was right before the pandemic that happened. Mm. Then the pandemic happened, you know, things are quiet. I'm focusing on my day job again. And only recently have I come to terms with how to balance these lives and how to make them work together in a little with a little more harmony than in the past. It's not so extreme. The other thing is I've come closer to figuring out how uh, each one benefits the other in in more of the day-to-day -day work, in the actual doing of the things that I'm doing, the craft itself of 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 creative work for brands and the craft of being a drag queen. In the past, I would use, I would shame, I was shameless about it. I'm still shameless about it. I would use my drag persona to get the right job opportunities, to get the right attention in the industry, to secure visibility for myself. You saw me at a speaking, we met each other at a yeah. speaking engagement that I yeah. had in Tokyo. It's like an HR speaking engagement, right? Yeah, about diversity and it was yeah. forward thinking and great and really yeah. fun. Yeah. They brought me out, you know, I got the opportunity to go travel and go do, the, you know, I was already, I'd already visited Tokyo, but got, got the opportunity to come back out again. Mm -hmm. And I used that drag persona to get as much as I could to get every opportunity I could get I, every chance to speak, every chance to go somewhere new, go to a conference, yeah. do a thing. And uh, same, you know, being a drag queen closed off certain opportunities from certain people who may not want to mm -hmm. hire me because they just don't think I'm the right fit or that sort of thing. But on the other side, it opened up other doors for the right places to say, we want you here. We want you to shake things up. So I, the drag persona and rising in drag helped me push my, my, my marketing career way further nice. into directions that I would not have, I don't think I would have gotten there if I didn't have the persona built and I didn't have this other side of me that I could use, uh, use for, for my own advocacy. Yeah. So that was these big changes. Now it's like every in the day to day, I'm seeing the connection. That's a that's a big change for me. So that's kind of how it's long story short. That's how these these lives have become one. It's switching from big shifts or big swapping left to right, extreme to extreme to mm. every day having some connection between the two things that makes it have more connective tissue. Yes, I like that. Rather than being, okay, I'm all in on this until I'm not, and then I'm all in on this until I'm not, and sort of swinging between those two. Um, I, I love how you you describe that. I mean, there's this idea of uh, um, one of the coaches I've worked with in the past always talks about, how does he phrase it? Uh, two horses, one ass. So, you know, there's only... <laughs> you have to choose a horse basically mm -hmm. but I like the fact that we're kind of straddling both I think that that's a like a different way and we tie them together I don't know how far I'm going to go with this horse analogy but um this idea I love as well what you've just said and I want to kind of call that out for anyone who is in like a marginalized or unrepresented group to go you can't change who you are so go with it and there will be people who will like really accept and embrace that. Like, as you said, it's opened up a lot of doors for you. And then there's other people who are like, oh, you're not for us. And I remember actually at that speaking engagement, you said, yeah, cultural fit is like the death knell of diversity. Um, it's we're looking for cultural. Uh, what did you say? Cultural ad, I think is the. Culture ad. Yeah. So I didn't yeah. make up that term, but that has become a that's a term that That's people are thing, using now, yes. which is amazing. So much but yeah, definitely diversity and culture fit are the opposite of each other. I still believe that. I talked about it back then. People start to people that conversation has been bubbling up in a lot of different areas. Thankfully, now more and more people are saying, "How do we add and expand or add to and expand our culture?" But yeah, I mean, it 
It is. It is. I hope people hear that too. I hope there's lots of listeners out there for your for your podcast and your program that are saying, and readers of your book in in the near future, that say, uh, I maybe they need one one more little push because they believe in themselves, but it will be okay on the other side if you just embrace it and and we don't have to. None of us have to apologize or explain mm. away who we are. It is that is a benefit to people. They're lucky to have you. So whenever you feel you have some something wrong with you or something that you think is a barrier be that bring that dry queen self of you out <laughs> they're lucky to have you you're I love a queen that. The royalty yes. yes 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 I love it they're lucky to have you what a great like mantra to have in your head a great voice to have when you go into a situation where like you're the only or you're feeling a little bit different I'm, I'm thinking about like when I'm in workshops I talked with one of my uh co-coaches Diego Aiba and um, I was like, oh, my Japanese isn't good enough. And, da, da, da. and she's like, we're doing a DEI workshop. And she basically said, like, they're lucky to have you. You're immediately, because of your background and who you are, and yeah, your Japanese isn't perfect, but you're bringing something valuable into this room. So stop stressing. <laughs> stop second-guessing yourself, because that's when you're not helping anyone. Yeah, so there you go, Vieko. Vieko and Gini being my... Yeah. Uh, cheerleaders and for everyone we've, else we've we've all found that voice in ourselves at times mm. right so it's just yeah. calling back to whatever that version is for you i remember um there's times when i go on a stage for a big show or something and i'll be nervous because that always happens yeah. for for drag it's scary because you can mess up and you can just be horrible and you could trip and there's lots of things that can happen you could forget all your choreography your lips the lyrics all of it and i say i say to myself they love you, you love them. They love you, you love them. They love you, you love them. And I just keep repeating that in a cycle. Because <laughs> uh, I'm like, you have to go out there and you have to act like they love you for being there. Because yeah. they do. Even if you don't see it on everyone's faces, you have to assume they love you already. Mm. And then they will love you. And that's how it works. Yes. Otherwise, you've lost them. And that's the magic of capturing an audience. I'm still learning how to be better at that. But in different formats, right? Not every performer is great in every format or every situation. Some people are better at certain things. I can tell you more about what I've what I've learned I'm yeah, best at versus I'm what in. I'm not best at. Mm. But that, you know, regardless of what it is, just assume assume you're loved and they're happy for you to be there. Awesome. That's great advice. And it, it's like the um uh we were talking about hiring. I used to say I used to be a recruiter, talk to candidates. I wasn't a great recruiter, but um, I did I did have one note of wisdom, which was just remember when you go in a job interview, as a hiring manager, I want you to be the last person I interview. Like yeah. I want you to be the one. Yeah. It's like you, no one go and like you don't go to a drag show, go, God, I hope this person sucks. I hope I have a rubbish yeah. night and um, they're terrible everything goes wrong like that's what people so yeah people do love you they want you to be great they want you to be um fantastic to entertain them um to thrill them dazzle them in whatever whether it's uh with your excel skill or your comedy skill right like people are looking for that mm -hmm. want to ready ready to be impressed ready to be entertained so tell me a little bit more Jeannie um because we keep talking to it about like what are some of these little changes that you've made or the things that you've learned um, about your craft as you're bringing these two selves closer in alignment that was a very long question I, yeah no I'm, I'm <laughs> absorbing. just yes. talk about whatever you want to talk about so just answers in some way shape or form perfect I I find that I do that a lot I just start, start talking and then the, you know something will happen something will something will emerge uh something sense something sensible will come out um yeah I think in drag itself that was a major area of focus for me to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing now. After mm -hmm. being on the first, on after being on my season of the show, the pressure to be incredible and to compete with these other legends who are from the show as well, especially in the U.S., it's a huge pressure that I put on myself and a mm -hmm. pressure that I feel it's hard to overcome that, right? And it's like everything you do has to be amazing from now on and you have to find your way to be as successful as everybody else. And you have to make sure every opportunity is you never waste anything. So that pressure put a huge load on my mind that was just difficult to get through. And a lot of it was, oh, what do the fans like? What do viewers like? I used to be known as a visually oriented queen and I was I served looks and it was fantastical looks that people loved. Now, a lot of people have great looks. 
A lot of queens pay designers for amazing looks. The standard keeps rising. Right. So I was like, if that was my thing, now what is my thing? I'm lost without it. What is my thing now? If looks, beautiful visual looks were my thing on the show and everyone else has evolved and what is my thing? So I was like, is it lip syncing? I've never been a great lip sync performer. Is it that? I'm a lip, they want, they have lip sync, of, uh, uh, they have lip sync assassins on the mm, show now who come yes. in and they, they guest star and they do a you know a surprise thing, and I'm like a lip sync victim. I'm not a I'm not an assassin. <laughs> I'm a lip sync victim. Get the body bag ready. <laughs> yes, there's an episode of Law and Order SVU inspired by my life. Like that's what it is. That's where we get to. So I just I just don't. Um, and for all your international listeners, Law and Order SVU is an amazing show. You should yeah. check it out. Oh god, classic American procedural. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So, yeah. so and Pedro Pascal was on twice, I believe. Was he? Was I'm it? sure he, everybody was on there at some point. Um, I'm yeah. sure. I'm sure he was. I'm sure he yeah. was. He's the, of course, the the current, um, the current. Con- yes, exactly. I hope. I hope continues to be when this yes. episode comes out. Yes. Uh, oh, I hope so. Otherwise, it's a very yes. short-lived career for him. I'll know. be having an interview with him. Say, what happened, Pedro? Yeah. <laughs> What's your passion now? What's your yeah. life about? He's now like, I was a daddy. Take- yeah. The internet. Oh my goodness. Anyway. So you have to lip sync assassins. That's where we were. Yes. So I was like, this is not my thing. Yes. I was like, is this my thing? Is that the thing that I love? Is this what I should be better at? And Mm -hmm. just focus on being better at what fans like. Um, Then I was like, is it comedy? So um, between Netflix and Disney, there was maybe like a 10 month break. And during that time, I took so many comedy classes. Mm -hmm. So many comedy classes, comedy acting, late night comedy writing, improv classes, and I'm starting a new one soon, a stand-up comedy class. Um, I bought a lesson, like an online video lesson on stand-up comedy and studied that as well and wrote and I spent so much time writing and writing and writing and writing. And uh, and then there were opportunities here and there, for example, at DragCon, which is a big convention mm-hmm. for, for the Drag Race Queens to be there and the fans to come meet us and talk to us. And it's a lot of opportunity to just, it's a, it's a great time. It's a huge event. So uh, I was at the LA event and the World of Wonder, who is a production company that runs DragCon, they make Drag Race. Uh, they uh, they had asked me, I had raised my hand and said, I can do anything. I'll do any, whatever opportunities, I'll do all the things. I'll do everything. And they're like, okay, we'd love for you to introduce this panel. They bring back the queens and they do this panel thing. And so I was supposed to introduce T.S. Madison, who's this big star, and she was going to be the host of this panel. Uh And as they're walking me, first they give me like a little card that says a couple of bullet points, you know, easy, simple, just do the intro. And we're waiting around, waiting around. They, the producer brings me to the front of the stage. The audience is all sad. Everyone's ready and excited. And she says, by the way, T.S. Madison's not ready yet. So could you just entertain them for 10 minutes or so? I was like, okay, as I'm getting up the stairs, I'm like, okay, so and you know you you've seen a drag queen vamp you've seen what that looks like oh mm-hmm. where's everybody from oh somebody from that place let me make a joke about that place being like that there's a lot of typical kind of like you know jokey stuff that's just like ugh, i think it's just cringe it's not my thing yeah. to do that typical humor it's just boring to me and anyway so i just started telling stories i didn't have anything prepared i just started telling stories about me moving to west hollywood and how this that the other and people laughed because i had a natural ability to tell the stories in a way that made people laugh and I try. I was trying to break down comedy into this scientific thing, this formula, mm. and learn the formula. And I think that did help just to have in the back of my brain, because you don't think about how math works when you do the math. Yeah. You're doing the math. You're not like, oh, this is a, you're, you're, you're in the process of doing it. And some becomes like a mental memory. Same with driving. Yeah. Same with a lot of other things, right? Mm. Riding a bike. So that knowledge was necessary, but in action, it worked really well and you had to do it. And I was like, this is, this is something I'm good at. And it's a natural thing that is in, in me. Then from that, I got an opportunity to be on some content, some uh, binge Queens. It's a show that, that world of wonder films. I got an opportunity to be on that with Deja Sky, who's another drag race queen who was in the U S show. Lovely. We had a fun time, really improvisational, fun stuff. Um, and that got me some more attention. So more and more opportunities came out of that. And I was like, this is great. I'm better at this. Can I make this something that I can do? Did some more thinking and processing, but eventually it became, that was my focus in drag. Mm. And as I came to that conclusion, this is what I'm good at in drag. This is what I should focus on to the exclusion of other things that don't make me as happy. When I get a booking to do a lip sync performance, I am stressed out. 
like it's not a good thing. I don't look forward to it. I want to quit drag. I don't want to do it anymore. I don't like getting sweaty. I look beautiful. I don't want to <laughs> yeah. get sweaty. I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to mess up my beautiful outfits that are custom made and cost thousands of dollars. I don't want to do it. I want to look mm -hmm. beautiful, take everything off and it's in pristine condition. And I just made people laugh. And I don't want to change backstage in some like uh, some room with like beer kegs and change into a set. I don't want to do that. I just want to be beautiful on stage and make people laugh. So anyway, so once I came to that conclusion, I was like, oh my God, that's also what I've been doing in my day job. That's what I do in my day job. That's what yeah. I get paid money for already is making presentations that that make people feel something. And there's always an element of humor in these presentations, right? To pitch work, to sell a client on something, to sell something internally, presenting, presenting information in a way that's charming and fun and brings people along for the ride. That's what comedy is. That's what storytelling elements in comedy, that's what doing a presentation is. And the way that I see my work is in presenting information to people, right? Yeah. Whether it's an idea, a campaign, um, a brand strategy, a design, whatever it is, right? And on the other, there's additional elements to that, right? Making, helping brands be entertaining themselves. Mm. So all of it links together in a way that it's, it started to feel like it's one and the same thing. I'm doing the same thing just for different purposes, throughout the day editing knowing how to edit tv spots and being going through all that process with online video whatever video we're editing now i know how to edit so i edit my own stuff and i understand comedic timing because i'm editing my own clips right. and that the all the all the information helps each other audio and music and writing and punchlines and all of it's all together right. it, making content being in content and it's getting it's getting tighter and tighter and tighter by the day right. which is uh I feel so lucky that it worked out because what if I didn't find it? What if I bombed? What if I bombed on stage that day? Would I have found it if I bombed that day? I don't know, but it changed everything. And I was like, this is the direction I'm going. So, so interesting question. Like, would, would you have so much to unpack? Like, would you have found it? Do you, do you, would it, I don't know. Who knows? We don't know, but it sounds as well. Like it wasn't just that one off moment there had been something you had also already made, like little commitments, like taking all these, not little commitments, That's like taking true. these classes, right? So You're right. as you said, like you had already like learned to ride the bike, but maybe you hadn't done it in front of other people in that way. But as you said, like you're there at DragCon, what are you going to do? Say no? Yeah, exactly. You have to do it. <laughs> you're right. Something else would have come up later that would have showed my skills. So yeah. I guess it is that the I guess it is doing the preparation and the work and then mm. making sure you have enough opportunities that come up that right. let you showcase your talents mm. and not being scared of those opportunities. Yeah. And and that like in that moment, just going, well, let's let's do it. See what happens. Cause I've already said, like I held up my hand and said, I could do everything. So yes. I've signed that Put contract. So I better exactly. I better do it as well. And I um I was thinking what you said about Actually, all of those things, it may not seem like comedy is connected to the corporate world, but actually all of those things of like, you know, who wants death by PowerPoint, right? We want to walk in to any presentation, to any meeting and go, I hope this is a good meeting rather than like what I'm what I'm expecting to do. So I think that that a lot of people on this podcast have talked about like there was one thing and then it led to another and then it led to another. It's like this kind of gradual unveiling or like a like unfurling of how things how things grow and expand and I'm really happy to see that this has sort of come for you as well but also this like translation across um different mediums um and you when we were having our planning call you talked a really interesting analogy about currency um would you be able to share that now can you remember what it was yeah let's hope let's hope that it makes let's sense hope, this I, I was well. like full, full body goosebumps when you <laughs> shared it so okay genie. Oh my goodness okay no, I hope I can live no up pressure to it. I hope I can live up to it all right so here here's here's what I how I thought how I thought of it or I came to think of this issue for myself I felt like I had imagined that you're in imagine that you have a bank account in a particular currency that's in one country and you have a lot of money there you have it's a quite a fat account you've been investing in that for years and it's incredible now you have another account in another country in another currency you have a smaller amount there 
it's but it's very important to you. It matters to you a lot that you grow this account. Now, you wish you could transfer some of the money you have in this currency A into currency B in this other account, but the two countries don't trade. They have whatever whatever political agreements, they have a problem. The currencies <laughs> don't trade. You can't you can't bring them into each other. You can't combine them to bring what's really amazing about currency B and how much of currency A you have. You can't bring them together. So you struggle. And you're like, where do I want to live? Country A or country B? Country A, I have more, more, more currency in the account. Country B, I have far less currency. I have something special, something special about it, but it's not enough to sustain me. It's not enough to take care of me in other ways, right? So you struggle. Then I realized, okay, is it neither country? Is it country C in a different currency altogether? Finding that country that maybe I didn't know was on the map, but it's over here. And each city in this country, they all have the same banking system and they take both currencies. So you all of a sudden can take currency A, currency B, bring them together into currency C in this new place. And all of a sudden you've brought your currencies together. So you have a lot of it from currency A because you like did really well there. And then you have what's special about B as well. And the best thing about it is that there are multiple cities in this new country, in country C. There's a lot of different intersections between the two things that you know how to do and the two areas of your life. You have a lot of different ways to combine them. And then it's just a matter of picking where do you want to settle down? Which city do you want to be in? So for me, that's become comedy and entertainment in presentation, right? Comedy and telling stories. Mm. And that works in my day job, whether it's making content for audiences or internal, doing all the internal work it takes to make anything happen at a company. And comedy, making fun clips, uh, content clips online and starring, being in front of the camera for a lot of stuff for drag, doing improv little online content shows and that kind of thing. That's the fun part. Or being on another season of Drag Race, maybe. That's just, that's also part of it, right? That's the big one. I hope so. So it's these two things, but that's that intersection and knowing that's my, that's mine. That's the city I chose in Country C. And I get to use all of my currency together. It doesn't feel like I'm having to give up something because I found a third route that... Yes, it exists in both, but it's both and neither and more than the sum of its parts. Awesome. Cause I think, you know, you said um, maybe we've come together right now because you've like uh, in the good timing because you've got the answers and you can kind of look back and sort of see that it happens. But um, perhaps a lot of listeners are in that like, oh, I've got these two currencies and, and they are sort of maybe about to begin the search for country C. Mm -hmm. um, any hints or tips um, that people can do to try to find that that third place well i don't want to sound like starbucks yes but... <laughs> yes yes exactly although i love some star i want some starbucks now um i think uh i think that my my advice to find that third country of yours where you mm. bring your currencies from these different areas right would be to look uh look at what you already have in terms of what you're what makes you special mm. look at what you not look don't look at what you don't have don't look at what you could do or could do what else you could do what you could add to but look at underneath all of it what made you really good in in country a what made you a success in country a that base element that foundational element that made you great find that because that's probably also what makes you great in area b and if you can find what made you great in both that'll give you a clue as to what country c is all about mm. so like looking Let's for that look source. backwards yeah Look for that source. Look for that evidence of greatness. Yeah, because yes. you must have been in order yes. to get to where you are. Yes. How do you have any currency in any account? Either of the countries, you have something in both that matters to you. Mm. Where did it come from? Why did you achieve that? For me, uh, I realized now after the drag journey, it helped me realize why I was successful in advertising creative wasn't just, I'm not one of those creatives who's won all the awards in the world, but the way that I present information and the way that I tell the story of the work is what makes my work different. And that always made me stand out. It Sometimes it made me sound more strategic, sometimes more, more building a relationship with the people I'm talking to with the work. Um, sometimes I could sell the vision a little better or a lot better. And that, that storytelling aspect, putting presentations together, presenting, presenting, Putting, mm -hmm. acting like it's a stage, yeah. making it a stage, not saying the ideas should sell themselves, but making it a stage. That is what helped me in that world. 
And that is what makes me successful in in drag as well, is that whether it was a visual art form or it was uh, now it's more comedy, it is it's putting that state, putting that feeling like it's turning it into a stage. There's some content I did recently that uh, it was a fun little game that we did with this uh, online creator named Joy Grisefa. And it was, who's the fake drag queen? So it was five drag queens up there on stage with Joey. And he had to guess who was the real one, who's who are the four real ones and who's the one fake one. Right. And I, I was on a te- like international television show and not everyone recognizes it because whatever, they may not have watched that season or whatever. And it's more of a niche. Um, so... I went on that show and I wore flats and I knew that they would read me for wearing flats. I knew it, but <laughs> I used that to make myself the star of that episode because then I could have a game and I could defend it and it could be funny and it could be a whole thing. And then, then I took over the whole thing and it was, <laughs> I became the star of that episode and the best funniest moments were me. And I was like, that's great. Cause that's what I wanted. And it doesn't mean showboat and take over. That's just what happened in that situation. But it means don't miss your opportunity to turn it into a show, turn it into a show. Don't miss the chance. Don't say I'm in this opportunity. I'm in this situation. So you know what? This is what a presentation is supposed to look like. That's what they expect. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Just do mm-hmm. the slides. That's turn it into a stage, turn it into yeah. a show, bring people joy. And it, I like it's not about not letting the other queens bring joy. They also got their fun moments because they played with me. We all played together. Love but that. if there's nothing to play, if no one's playing, then who's going to enjoy this? What's the point of the video if we're just like, <laughs> mm, you know, playing like playing it straight for what? Yeah. Straight, I, right? Absolutely Love not. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. So make it a stage. That's a great uh, call to action, as well as. Like when you do that, how that creates opportunities for other people as well. So maybe what some people's holding them back is like, oh, I don't want to make myself the center of attention or whatever. Why not? Um, but also that that just you elevate the environment for other people and it makes everyone kind of step up and um, yeah, do do better or have more space to do it. As you say, if it's just, yeah, next slide, next slide. Do you approve this? Yes, I do. Like who wants a day like that in the office as well? Yeah, it's not fun. It's not. It's nothing that they can participate in. Yeah. Just wanna wanna be excited. You know, be invested. Excited, entertained. Feel something, even if you yes. don't like it. Feel something. Yeah, I'm sorry. I so just that... watched uh, episode six of Succession. Mm-hmm. With a oh, I'm behind. Oh, okay. I'll stop myself then. <laughs> there's there's, I'm about, there's I'm a great line. Episode. You finally made me feel something. Someone <gasps> says to someone. Okay. Let me I'm know when you catch up. That. Message I'm me excited later. to see it. That's <laughs> so, so I'm literally going to watch it after we finish filming this and yeah, recording yeah. this. That's what you could do in your three or four hours that you stay mm-hmm. on later. That's cool. Um, I've totally lost my train of thought. Now I'm talking about um, succession, succession, great TV shows, great which TV apparently show. is a comedy. They de- they describe it as a comedy. Yeah. It, I can see it. Can you see that? Yes. It is. Um, I feel like it's a kind of, you know, it's like a British writing team. And I think mm-hmm. that shows. Mm-hmm. Um, it's quite it's a dark comedy it's not often it's dark yeah um, and it's it's oh there's some parts are just so cringe as well like yeah oh really no yeah um, that's but like that watching that kind of car crash tv part um, so it's not sort of you know the I, I <laughs> it's not the humor I would expect uh, from Drag Race right <laughs> that's a very different Type of absolutely not comedy. absolutely not but um, i love i love it i mean we all yeah. love it that show is such a hit so good. um but we were talking about how people can get <laughs> we yes were we were thank you very much how for bringing can... me back on how <laughs> so. people can i remember the question i was answering in a yeah. long-winded way but how people can get um find their yes. if so... they have two different worlds they're part mm-hmm. of how do they unify them but i, I do want to add mm-hmm. um do they have to unify them i don't think that's i don't think they do i don't think they must yeah. They don't have to have one answer. I was very successful when I had two different worlds and they were just, they took turns and that was okay. Mm. But I, for myself, I needed to figure out both of them. I think if I came to a different balance of things, I, I'm i the kind of person who needs one thing to focus on that right. has different inputs and different outputs, but it's kind of one thread. And it makes me feel like I'm working. I need to feel like I have steps and st- I'm succeeding by making steps mm. towards a goal 
So when I, and I'm sure some of your other participants in this, in this process, in the story have been, have laid out A led to B led to C. That's how I have to look at things to feel like I'm making progress. Right. Uh, that there is a, there is a, a next step because there's an eventual thing I want to get to that motivates me. So for me, it was important to concentrate my efforts rather than have things just just wasted by being a little bit over here, a little bit over there. It's hard to achieve anything then. It's hard to feel like anything's being achieved. Yeah. So they helped each other until they didn't. Mm. Now I'm not going to get any further jobs as a creative leader because I'm a drag queen. I've reached that level where that's not what makes the difference anymore. <laughs> I'm already judging big award shows and I'm already being at Cannes. I'm already doing this. I'm already doing that. I already have yeah. the big names. Now it's the, they don't care I'm a drag queen. Now it's like, yeah. that's a nice fun to have, but there are other things that are more important to get me to the next level. Right. So the calculus doesn't work the same anymore. Now they have to go together in in skills, in the things that I know are making the difference in my mm -hmm. work, right? So even I made this change. I sent you all the photos for this, for all the media that's going to come out for this, yeah. right? Those are all my drag photos. I don't have a headshot out of drag, but I recently for, for Disney, that's where I am now, I used my out of drag picture, just a photo, it's like a mm -hmm. selfie, the nicest selfie I could, I could manage, but I use a selfie instead of using my drag photos, which I did at a previous jobs in mm -hmm. my like little Slack picture and yeah. profile picture, whatever. So I guess what I'm saying with that is for those people who are listening, who just, who may not, there may not be a natural way to bring these things together. Mm. There may not be a country C currency C. Yeah. It just means maybe the expectations are different for what A and B are. Maybe it means one becomes a source of one part of your life and one becomes supplies you in a different way. And that's okay that they supply you in different ways. If we expect everything from both, it's hard unless you can find that third country, oh, right? The third it. currency. If you can't find the third currency, if there's just not an overlap, then can you, can you turn left or turn right and say, this is the one I focus on, but I grab from over here and I take some inspiration. Like I'm imagining, you know, a friend of mine, uh, a friend of mine made rugs for a while. And that was mm. something that she loved doing. It was like during the pandemic, craft, physical. She loved doing that. She doesn't really do it anymore. And she's like, oh, I should sell. Maybe I should sell the stuff. I'm not really into it. I'm into another thing now. But she's also a designer, right? She's also a UX designer. Mm. I have another friend who now, who is an interior designer, who's also getting into rug making. And he, he feels, he loves the fact that it's, um, his work as an interior designer, um, there's a digital component that's similar to rug making, I guess, mm. in whatever way he works. I don't really know much about it, but there's a there's a grid. Yeah, there's kind of like layering, pixels. I guess. Yeah, exactly. So her being, a, it made sense to me that her as a UX designer, she had rug making as a thing she did. He as an architect, architect and designer, like building designer, uh, and interior designer thinks of it that way as well. So there are things that even though maybe rug making would never be a career for either of them maybe it could be but maybe it cannot be right maybe mm. it has nothing to do with working in tech for my friend uh who she kind of gave it up but knowing that craft a little more imagine what that what that what she could borrow from that in her day job right. and that made it useful that made it connect even if it wasn't merging the worlds into a new place a rug making startup or so, there's not there's not really that many ways to make those things work together but maybe there is one and if there's not she got something beautiful and uh something some wisdom some learning some strength some ability some taste level change some craft change mm. from her from her time making rugs even if it was just a couple of years yeah and I love that as well though sometimes there's this pressure like I have to do this thing and it has to like turn into something and then what if I've like made the wrong choice and it's like well it might just serve its purpose for that moment mm -hmm. and that's also enough like, I used to go to belly dancing class and I haven't been for years at teacher change whatever and it's like do I do I miss it not really it like served a purpose in my mm -hmm. life at that time and I remember yeah. it very fondly but was I ever going to be a belly dancer? Was I ever going to do one of the shows? No, no, I wasn't looking for that. And and so whilst there may sometimes be that possibility, 
that we can find this country see where we can actually bring these different points together and I think what's so great you know when you were describing your time there's two times in this uh video of so people watching on YouTube like the time when you were describing when you were on stage at DragCon and just your whole body language changed as you remembered that moment and also then when you were describing like making a presentation that you know inspires and excites and, and entertains like those points when your whole body language changes like there's opportunities for people to that's a, a felt sense of ikigai actually so yeah you know give yourself permission to explore it but also don't feel that pressure like we talked about this when we had our um uh briefing chat like if you only know ikigai through the venn diagram you're gonna feel like oh, there's this one point and i have to mm -hmm. search for this one point it's like no may maybe not Maybe not, but it you may can not have your rug that. making and yeah, you know, the comedy can just be something that you feel in that moment. Um, but that has reminded me of a question that I wanted to ask you about something you said before, mm -hmm. which was like getting the lip sync book booking and being like, oh, I don't want to do that. So are you at a place now where you can be like, I don't want to do that and I'm not going to do that? I think I am because I don't depend on drag for income. Mm. And maybe one day I will. I hope I do in the future because then, you know, then I'll have been on another season or something else will happen and my my profile will reemerge. Mm. Right now, there's fans who know of me, but it's much more niche, right? Because I'm right. from the season four years ago. It was the first, first couple of internationals, the first international part of the franchise. So more and more as this as this comedy content comes out, I make more things. I'll get more and more exposure. This morning, I woke up and saw a bunch of tweets from some Drag Race stands who were saying lovely things about the content that I just that I just put out. That was the guess the fake drag queen thing, and so just seeing those signals it helps a lot. Uh, but I don't have to do. Nobody has to do anything for in these worlds. And I'm not talking about I'm not talking about people who uh, have who are trapped in jobs that they can't get out of. I mean, in in the lug in the luxuries that we have mm. in these kind of careers. Uh, me working a corporate job that pays well, I'm blessed and privileged to have that job. And I'm I'm privi incredibly privileged to have another career that I can be so choosy about. I can say, this is the part that I love to do. I do count myself very lucky for all of these things. But yeah, with drag, I don't have to do lip syncs if I don't want to. Maybe I'll get better at them in the future. I'll keep working on it because why not? It's a good skill to be better at the all of these yeah. things. Um, and it is a version, it's a kind of storytelling too. And that's, that's my little spark that I've, you know, ah. started to understand back my way into something that I was scared of, even though that may not be my thing. Lip syncing is storytelling. It's a different kind of storytelling, but that I understand more so than doing splits and moving your body in a certain way. I don't understand that intuitively, but storytelling, I can get into it that way. Okay. So while it'll never be my specialty, as far as I can see, I don't have to do it. I will do it when it brings me joy and it connects to something that I love doing. Love that. So doing that bit of mental gymnastics about here's something which I'm not naturally good at, I don't naturally enjoy. But in order to achieve in my role, yeah, I'm going to have to do some lip syncs at some point. I'm not always going to be like pop and just get through uh, freely. Um so in, I'm going to have to approach it in a way like how how can I persuade myself actually? Mm -hmm. How can I persuade myself that this is something rather than having this story of I'm not good at, at lip syncs and I don't like it and all of the things you talked about before? It's like well, how can I be good at it? What's the way that I can mm -hmm. see it? So always doing that cognitive crafting, like how does the, how can this part of my job be more fun or how can I use this? what I didn't think was a transferable skill in this way, mm -hmm. you know, like how, how is it not actually apples and oranges? I'm totally, it's another type of apple that I wasn't aware of. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there are really people who do hilarious lip syncs and they do funny. Yes. You know, we've seen so many of those. Yeah. And I could find, if I put a little more time into that, I could find my way to it in a way that feels like I am doing the, be the highest of my craft that I, yes. that it's something I'm proud of. Versus something I'm stumbling through because I'm doing it in a way that is, you know, forcing myself to do it in a way that doesn't make sense to me cognitively. Yeah. Trying to like be someone that you're not as well, yes. right? Right. Exactly. If exactly. That's not, you're not that lip sync assassin and you're going, I'm a lip sync victim. 
um yeah it's not it's not going to be uh, super smooth so i've noticed we're coming so sadly towards the end of our time so i have my two final questions mm. i'm going to ask you Jeannie. so the first one is what is a question i didn't ask that i could have should have you wish i had asked you know what i think i i think i i think i got us there earlier because <laughs> i wanted to add that bit about maybe that maybe it doesn't maybe you don't have to bring your two mm. worlds together and if we hadn't talked about that, it would have been like, please ask me about why, why what the opposite of this, what, what the opposite of this realization and epiphany that I've had, would it be possible to keep these lanes separate? I'm going to pretend that you've asked me that. What would happen if I kept these lanes separate? What would have happened I, if you kept these lanes separate, Jeannie? Tell me. I, I think I would be successful in both because even if they are separate lanes, if I found what it is that makes me special at both, then that becomes what I'm actually doing in different areas. But, you know, I found I found the part of me that is that makes me great at these different things. So even if they don't have a connection with each other, I am the connection between the two points. Yeah. So yourself is like the central core, the identity that's going through uh, multiple different lands. Yeah. And it doesn't have to make sense to anybody else. Yes. Yes. For whom? Or whomst. Yes. For what? Whomst. Is it a word? Whomst. I like it. It's a fake word. It's, it's a, a great. Let's word. let's bring it great. into the uh into the vernacular then. Yeah. Let's make it for whomst. It really just underlines the unnecessary unnecessariness <laughs> Love it. of making it justifying it for anybody yeah. else. It doesn't have to make sense to anybody. Yes. I'm gonna have that. For whomst am I doing this? Always for me. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's a really, you know, one of the challenging things with with Ikigai when we of like thinking about how it relates to our life it's such a personal lived experience and you know it's like we can we can go to the same movie or the same concert or we can be in the same presentation and one person is moved and like really feeling themselves loving it and the other person's just like checking the watch when is this over and who are we to judge like if that makes you feel that way if that thing lights you up and gives you that spark makes you feel that it's worth you know rocking up again tomorrow then yeah good on you as long as you know you're not hurting anyone everyone's mm -hmm. consenting we're good to go right so just that lived experience part of it for whomst for me mm -hmm. yes. absolutely yeah. and do you have a final message of course, everyone is going to be able to contact you. We're going to have all your social links in the show notes. So please do check out and follow Jeannie and their beautiful work. So amazing. We'll see what happens with this comedy story. But do you have a final message for listeners, viewers of Vicky Guy with Jennifer Shinkai, Jeannie? Mm -hmm. You know, I think we've, I think we got, we've got to it through our conversation as well. I think for whomst is really what sums it up because... <laughs> So much of what we do is to make sense of what we're doing from an external lens. Mm. And it doesn't, it doesn't really have to, it doesn't really have to make sense. If I did, if I, in the times that I did not question, in the times that I questioned myself, I'm wondering, I'm wondering how to make things make sense for people around me or outside of me. When I'm my most confident, I'm not even thinking about that part. I'm thinking about what I want to do and what would be, what would make me happy so do it for yourself is is what I would say. It is make yourself happy first, which I've always said that as I thought about doing creative work. And I've when I've climbed up the ladder and led teams and layers of teams and led led people who are managers of managers of managers, it is make yourself happy first with the idea you're putting forward. And it's I'm realizing now as I'm saying it out loud, it's true for ideas at an executional level or conceptual level. Mm -hmm the work we do and it's true for our lives as well that's that so you know sometimes people feel a little bit like guilty to make themselves happy first but I come from the side that that's going to have this ripple effect to those people around me so and, and I love what you said you know you when you're trying to justify things or package it for these other people the hoops that's when we slow down and we get stuck Mm -hmm. And we're spending all of that energy, all of that energy trying to package it in a way. And it's like, well, actually, instead of spending that energy packaging this so people can understand it, why don't I just do the thing? Yeah. Yeah. And there literally probably nobody out there even is expecting you to package it for them. 
that's just us making it up for ourselves mm-hmm. being like why what are they no 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 they're not even they're thinking about their own they have their own universe in their own mind they're worried about their own ikigai they're trying to figure out what they're doing they're busy <laughs> yes exactly everyone There's else a- is busy yeah actually like most of the time no one's paying attention <laughs> no one cares we're all too like turned turn up in our own shit anyway so it's like just yeah just do the thing do the thing get out of your own way find country c if you want to or don't but i think you've given like a really inspiring example of what's possible if you can find those creative ways to align what is at the source of yourself that's making you happy and it's making you special and if you can bring those things together and apply them in many different ways you know it's really going to change your outlook on life and i'm so happy to see uh, like where you are now and I'm really excited for the rest of your journey in all of those different selves so yeah thank you so much for being on the podcast today I'm glad that we kept in touch and I'm, I'm very ready to see you on a future episode of Drag Race as well oh, so, I, yeah. hope so. I have so much call you, so you know much. you know I have a lot of pull with casting obviously okay good good, good. now Please, I've now I've said know. it I'm sure it's gonna happen absolutely it better happen <laughs> thank you so much for having me it's been lovely to chat through all this stuff and it does feel uh, it feels therapeutic too to say it out loud and to have this uh, feeling of the the pieces clicking together, uh, and it tells it's a signal to myself that I'm mm. that I'm going in a particular direction and I'm ready for that, and that is something I needed. So thank you so much for for having me and and asking me about my life so I can say it out loud, which is a huge thing. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for sharing it. And uh, yeah, you're always welcome back. You said four years from now, if my podcast still going, you're very welcome to come back and tell us where you are, how you've evolved on your own Ikigai journey. So thank you so much, Jeannie. Thank you. Thanks, everyone. Thank you so much for listening today. I really hope that you found something you could take away from the episode to help you find your own Ikigai and integrate it into your daily life. And I'd love to hear exactly what resonated with you. So pop over to see me on LinkedIn or on my Facebook page. You can find the links in the show notes below. And let me know what you thought was the most important takeaway from the podcast today. And sharing is caring. So feel free to share this episode with one of your friends who you think could benefit from hearing about living a life of purpose. Looking forward to see you on the next episode of Ikigai with Jennifer Shinkai.